You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. Mark 6, verses 45 to 51, I'm reading from the ESV version. It says, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. This is Jesus. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up to the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them. Thanks, Jesus. He meant to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded. If you've ever found yourself stranded, if you ever found yourself in a place where you applied every good intention, and you wanted to see a positive result, but you got back negativity, you got back pushback, you got back... This, this sense of failure, maybe you even failed. If you've ever been in a position where in the process of going for your dreams, achieving your goals, you gave your best, but you didn't get back what you were expecting. The return on your investment was not what you were hoping for. I have a message for you today. It's a very simple message, and I actually titled my message, You're Going to Make It. This is my message for you today. Very simple. You're going to make it. Touch somebody and say, you're going to make it. Maybe you don't have to touch. Just look at them, okay? (laughs) Just say, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. (laughs) It was about 14 years ago. I was recently married. Yes, my beautiful wife and I have been married for 14 years. And yes, you can clap for that. Marriage is a good thing. We, We recommend with the right person. We recommend we were recently married, and uh, we lived near the coast. And my wife, my sister, a couple friend, and another friend, another guy friend, decided that we wanted to spend the day by the beach. So we loaded up the car, drove about 30 minutes to a beach nearby. And before noon, before lunch, we were at the beach. And we just sat down and talked. And at one point... My wife and my sister were tanning on the sand, just enjoying the sun. I was having a conversation with my best friend at the time, and my other uh, guy friend was on the phone dealing with some, some work stuff. So I looked at my, my friend who was sitting with me and said, hey, let's, let's go for a swim. Let's, let's go in the water and, and just enjoy uh, the water. The, the, the sea was a little bit busy that day. It was, it was windy. Uh, the waves were, were a little higher than usual, and there was no lifeguard on duty. But we figured we've been here before, you know. I'm not a, really a, a beach swimmer, a, a sea swimmer, but I can handle it. We can handle it. Let's do it. 
So we went deep enough to where the water was right about halfway the, the chesto area, <laughs> right, right under your shoulder level. And we stayed there for a little bit. Uh, waves were coming. We were fine, just enjoying it. And we, we realized that we began to drift. We were drifting way west of where they were. And we realized that our group was way over there, and we had drifted just the undertow. The undertow was taking it sideways. So we had the brilliant idea, let's race. Let's, let's just race over there and, and go freestyle, Michael Phelps style, and we're going to get there, right? So I, I summoned the inner Michael Phelps, in the, even though it was 14 years ago. I bet he was already in the pool back then. And uh, I, I looked at my friend. I was like, all right, let's do this. And then he warned me. He said, listen, you got to keep your eye on the shore. And we can't split because uh, if you don't keep your eye on the shore, you might drift into deep waters, and that's not good. So I had never really sprinted in the sea. I wasn't, like I said, I didn't swim a lot. I was more of a pool swimmer in, in neighborhood pools and in, in family friends' houses. But I'm like, all right, I'm going to give my all. And I was, I was ready to smack him, right? I'm like, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to get there before this guy. So we counted down three, two, one, and we took off. And I'm giving my, oh, I'm going at it. I forgot about the shore. I forgot about the group. I just had my friend's strokes on my side here. And I was listening. And I'm like, I got I to gotta pass him. I got to go. I noticed that he started drifting to the shore toward my friends. And I was spacing away from him. When I looked up to check on where we were, I even remember telling him, you're, you're going to hit some sand, man. The waves are going to, you're going to get to the breaking point and you're going to get taken by the waves. Just come closer. And I kept swimming a little longer until I was exhausted. And I finally got in line with the group and I just relaxed. You know when you relax because you're sure you're going to stand on solid ground and there's nothing? I don't know if you've been in a situation like that, but I just let my body relax because my heart was pounding. I was trying to catch my breath. And as I relaxed, I just went under. And I took this big gulp of seawater, and it was not good at all. I started to panic. I came up, and the waves were coming over me. And it, I was like, my goodness, I am in too deep. I'm way too deep. I was the one who drifted. So my friend is far away. He's probably from here to the door, about 50 feet, I guess, or less um, away from me. And I, I yell at him. I said, help. I need help. I'm, I'm tired. I need help. And I'm shaking my arms, but I'm just feeling sore everywhere. The heart is pounding. I don't know if you've been to that point of exhaustion physically where your heart is just, you feel like you're going to throw up. And, and I, like I said, swimming takes a lot of energy. And when you swim in the sea, it's even more because you're fighting against the current. So we were at it for, for a good minute or two. And for someone who doesn't swim, that's a lot, right? And I just remember these flashes of, my God, I, this, this might be it. I'm looking at my newly wedded wife sitting on the sand, just talking to my sister. I can see my friend pacing back and forth with the cell phone and my other friend on the shore, but far enough to where he could hear me and far enough from them to where they can't hear me because the waves are breaking. And I'm telling him, I need help. You know, when you get to a panic mode where you can't think of anything else, just survival. And my friend 
noticed and he started waving to people at the shore and nobody could hear and he finally decided I'm gonna I'm gonna come and help this guy and I just remember just saying Jesus Jesus I need your help my God I need your help I, I, I don't know if I'm gonna make it and my friend came and he said all right when I he was a little bit more athletic so he said when I when I go under you I'm gonna push you up when the wave comes just let let the wave take you and, and do what you can and I remember him, I can see it today. I remember him, this was 14 years ago, but I can see it today. I remember him going under my foot. I could see him holding my foot and he pushed up, but he went deeper more than I came up. And I'm like, wow, we are really deep. He came up and he said, man, I had my body fully extended and I didn't feel anything under. We are, we are in deep. And and I was in the panic. I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm waving my arms. I'm doing what you can do to just keep your head above water. And my friend said, all right, when the waves come, just, just let your body be taken by it. And he, he starts going back to the shore. And I'm like, how is he doing this? And I can't. Like, I don't know how to get away from here. And I just remember saying, God, I need your help. I can't. And then this huge wave just came. And, and I kind of let myself just open my arms. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to let myself be taken and the second wave came, and it took me a little closer, and then all of a sudden I was on the breaking point, and then I just tumbled with that wave, and I was never so happy to get the tumble and just roll closer, to the, you know, when you just get taken and it just carries you, and then when I got that tumble, I just felt sand underneath me, and it hit my head, and it hit my arms, and it hit my legs, and I'm like, yes, land. And I dragged myself out of the water and just threw myself, collapsed on the sand, caught my breath. And I was like, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? And this is what I learned from that story. I learned from that experience that I had a goal in mind. And it was a good goal. I wanted to win. Right? Winning is always good when you want to win. But the way you go about winning can really mess things up. And what I did was I focused on the win, on that ambition, on that desire to just get to the destination and beat my friend. And in that, when I put that ambition in the center of my life, in the center of my goal, when I put that ambition in the driving seat of my life, I forsook all guidance. I forsook the fact that I needed to look at the shore to keep in step and with that represents like a wise counsel. My friend just told me, you got to keep your eyes on the shore so you won't go into the deep. I did not look at, this, at the shore and I ended up in the deep. And the third thing that happened is that I spent all of my resources before I even noticed they were gone. I was completely spent. My energy was gone before I even stopped moving. I made a huge mistake that day. It could have cost me my life. I mean, many other people died on that beach that summer, and uh, I could have been just another one. And I think about my life. When I go in the water, I, I think about that experience because it, it was a very, very vivid experience of coming close to the end. And I, I think about all the things that I would have missed now being a father, being here, and, and you know, having had 14 years of marriage and 
having experienced the things that we have experienced. And what happens sometimes, maybe you have found yourself in a similar situation, not literally, but you, you had good intentions in your heart. You had good desires and you had a goal in mind and you gave it your all to reach that goal. And you failed. And you felt like you were drowning in, in that failure. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in a situation where you don't understand how the goodness that you put out came back into negativity and into failure. And it could be that what happened is that even though the intention was good, the emotion was good, the bad outcome came because of what was in the center, what was driving you. Maybe you've been in a situation like that. You try to start a business and you gave it your all, you put your money into it, you put your best effort in your experience, you thought it was a piece of cake, it was a done deal, and now you're part of the statistic of the 90% of businesses that don't make before the five years. And you think, I can't do this, this is not, I, I'm not able to do this. Maybe it was a, a relationship, you thought you were great at it, and the, the relationship started well, but it turned dysfunctional, and, and now it doesn't exist anymore, and you carry some of that guilt. Because you put your best out there and your best wasn't good enough. Maybe it's something you battle with, with your body. It might be an addiction. It might be something that you have to have that started as something fun, started as recreation, and now it has you. And you don't know what to do about it. I'm here to tell you today, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Because even if you've faced things like that, there is something that we need to learn. And I hope you get that in your heart. Because some of you, it might not have been anything above the surface. But whether you've battled with this in the past or you're going through something right now, the biggest struggle happens in the mind. It's the thoughts that come against you that tell you that you can't do it, that tell you that you're not good enough, that tell you that you can't rise back up again and experience success in that area that you failed before. Think about thoughts maybe that you've had of words that were said, labels that were put on you. And you still wonder. You still wonder about those things because you believed it. You had a, a confrontation with somebody and you believed what they said. And it's been years. People were gone. The problem is gone. You're in a new chapter in your life. But you still wonder. You wonder if you're a real man. You wonder if your marriage material, you wonder if you can carry a healthy relationship, you wonder if you can be competent, you wonder if you're reliable. And all of these negative words that attach themselves to you just corroded this ability to believe in what your heavenly father has spoken over you. And I want to tell you something today. This is something that you have to believe on the inside. And I feel it in my heart that for some of you here, this has, this has been the anchor, the thing that has held you back. Because you have believed in lies. But because you believed in them, they became true in your life. And I want to tell you this. That was not the word of God that was spoken over you. That was the word of the enemy. That was the word of the world, the word of other people. that have nothing to do with your destiny. What God has spoken over you, he has spoken victory. He has spoken love. He has spoken hope. He calls you more than a conqueror. He says you are the head and not the tail. And if you're here today and you have some of those thoughts in you, some of those labels attached to you, you got to get rid of that. That's the first thing you have to let go. That's the first thing that you have to put away from your life. And you have to know this. Those are not the words of your heavenly father because he loves you. 
And what we need to do is put on his words. Put on what he says about us. Put on what he speaks and sings over us. Songs of victory, songs of love. Those are the songs that he sings over us. And when we do that, we can have the assurance that we're going to make it. You're going to make it to the other side. You're going to get to your destination. You're going to make it to your purpose. This story that we just read in scripture. And let me just give you a little bit of backstory of where they are and what they went through. All right. Jesus is with his disciples in this story that we just read. And he just came from feeding. Some estimations are well over 10,000 people. Because scripture says 5,000, but they only count the men. So 5,000 men plus women and children. Right. And what happened is he had been wanting to be by himself. The way that he got to that crowd was by retreating. He wanted to be in solitude with God because John the Baptist had just been beheaded. Herod took John the Baptist's head because his wife had a grudge against him. And John the Baptist was a relative of Jesus, but he was also the one who baptized him. It was, he was a, an important figure in helping Jesus' ministry start up. Some of his disciples became Jesus' disciples. And there was a kinship in those two. They were friends. And now John the Baptist is gone, and Jesus knows that his fate is not much different. So he wants to get away, get by himself. He ends up surrounded by this crowd of people. It becomes thousands. They're hungry. He feeds them. Finally, he says, all right, guys, you go to the other side. You get on this boat and you go to the other side. It says that he commanded them. He told them. He ordered them. You got to go to the other side and I'll meet you there. And then he finally dismissed the crowd and retreated by himself to pray. Now, Scripture says that the boat started going away in the evening, right after they had food. And by the time the waves were hitting the boat and the wind was, had picked up, it was already between 4 and 6 in the morning. That's the fourth watch of the night, between 3 and 6, sorry. So let's say it was 4, 4.30 in the morning. Jesus is still praying, and they're about 3, 4 miles away, making way painfully. And it says that Jesus can see them, and he's there. I don't know if you've been in a situation like that, because right from the get-go, what we see here is they're following Jesus' direction. And sometimes, even when you do believe in God's Word, even when He gives you a direction, you're going to face some difficulties. You're going to face some resistance, right? And this is what happened to them. It might be happening to you right now. Maybe it happened in the past. And for those times when we do face resistance and difficulties, this scripture gives us a few things that we can do to make sure that we make headway and that we get to the other side. Tell somebody you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Yes, you're going to make it, just like they did. The first thing that we need to understand from that story is this. They're in the boat. Jesus is not with them. They're making headway painfully. And some of you might be in a situation like that. Maybe it's a business, a relationship. Maybe it's an idea. It's a vision that you have. And you, you're going for it because you believe that there's a God call on the inside. There's a dream on the inside. There's something that you want to accomplish with your life. But you feel alone. You feel like God is not even with you. Something that you need to understand. Jesus is committed to you. He's at the shore watching. He can see you working. And there might be many reasons why he's allowing this resistance to come against you. But one thing that we know from this story is this. 
It's not life-threatening. It's not going to take you down. You know, the resistance that comes against you when you're under God's command might test our faith. They might test our, our ability to see the vision. But that's all it is. It's a test. Because all the while, Jesus is committed to you. He's committed to the fact that you're going to get to where you're supposed to get to. You might be in a waiting season right now where it feels like you're alone. It feels like you're struggling. It feels like you're making headway painfully like they were. Guess what? Jesus is watching you. He's with you. He is committed to you. That's the first thing we have to know on the inside. And if you know that, if you have that confidence, then there's two things that you need to do. Okay? The next thing from this story that we learn is something that we need to do is we can't focus on our problems. And that's what the disciples were doing for a little bit. They were overcome by the problem. They were overcome by the waves. They were overcome by the winds. It doesn't say that it was a storm, that it was raining. But some of us, we feel like we're in this situation where from every corner, there's something pressing against us. And sometimes what all that is doing the whole purpose of those waves and winds is to take our attention off our goal. It's to take our attention off the mission that God put on the inside. And what we need to do is not allow ourselves to get distracted by the waves of doubt, by the winds of fear. Not allow ourselves to get distracted by the resistance that comes against us. But realize this in our hearts. Because Jesus is committed to us, we're going to make it. Because he's committed to our vision and the purpose of our lives, we're going to make it. And whatever it is that you're setting yourself out to do, whatever it is that you feel in your heart you're called to do, you have to know this on the inside. God is with you. He is for you. And he believes in you. And you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. There's one third thing that we need to realize here from this story. And this is my final point. When they saw Jesus, Jesus is walking on water, which tells you this. The solution for this situation that you might be going through or for resistance that you might, that you might go against in the future might come in a very unusual way. It might seem to you as a ghost. In other words, it might seem to you like it's part of the problem. But if we have the ability to discern and identify that Jesus is not part of the problem, that he's not a ghost. He's not coming to terrify us. He's walking on water because he's coming to rescue us. He's coming to calm the storm. Listen, in this story, something very amazing happened. Jesus didn't even speak to the wind. It wasn't even Jesus' power to say, stop. It was the disciples' willingness to invite him into the boat and have Jesus as the center of their journey. Put him in the center of their mission. Invite him into the boat. The moment he got into the boat, his story is told in Matthew and John as well. And it's the, it's the same story in, in, in all three chapters. The moment Jesus got into the boat, the water ceased and the winds ceased because he was put in the center. What they did is something that you and I ought to do as well. They surrendered. They surrendered their hearts. They surrendered their attention. They surrendered their vision. They surrendered their lives to the one who gave him the mission. 
And this morning, you might be here and you might be struggling, making painful headway like the disciples were in that boat. And you might be in your boat with a few friends or maybe even alone. And Jesus is standing right next to your boat. I want to invite you today to just surrender and invite him into your boat. If you haven't been to church, and this is a little bit of a weird premise for you, because you're not even quite that religious, you don't, you're not sure who Jesus is, I want to challenge you this morning to just consider him as a higher power. Come in with your doubts, okay? And say this, Jesus, God, if this is real, if what JD is saying is real, I'm going to surrender my boat to you. Because the moment you invite him into your life, you get to experience something beyond historical knowledge. You get to experience for yourself the reality and the power of his life and, and a relationship with you. And maybe you've been a Christian for your whole life. Maybe you've been doing this for quite some time. But you forgot. You forgot to put Jesus in the center. You forgot to put him in the center of your journey. This is a great time to do that. And I want to do something symbolic, all of us here today. Any situation that you might be facing, maybe it's in a relationship, maybe it's in the past, maybe some of those labels, those words that were spoken against you that you believed. I want you to surrender that to God and just say, God, take it. Take it away from me. I don't want to believe that lie anymore. I don't want to believe those hurts anymore. I don't want to carry this pain anymore. I don't want to carry this burden anymore. I don't want to carry any of this unnecessary burden anymore. Maybe you're in a journey and you're feeling like the waves and the winds are hitting your boat hard. I just want you to close your eyes and raise your hands as a symbol of surrender. When you do this anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, people know that you don't mean any harm and they know that your life is theirs. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never surrendered your life. You've never made that decision to be in relationship with God. And I just want to invite you to pray a prayer this morning if you've never done that with all your heart. And it's a prayer of surrender, very similar to this song. But when you do that, when you engage in a relationship with God, everything changes. He brings you into the light. He guides your heart. He guides your demeanor. He, he makes love and hope just spring up in your heart and uh, I just want to invite you to do that this morning if you've never done it we're all going to pray and, and those of us who have already prayed this prayer uh, we can testify it's a good thing to have a relationship with God so yeah, we're not inviting you into a religion or be part of, of something else other than just knowing God and, and, and have your life be guided by him he loves you so much this morning so let's put our hands in our hearts and let's pray this simple prayer. Repeat after me. Say, dear God, I offer you my heart. Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord. I make you my Savior. Guide my steps. Guide my mind. And direct me according to your will. I repent of my sins. I let go, I let go of every baggage. Every failure every situation that has been holding me back I give it up to you and I start my day today my life today afresh and anew receiving your love receiving your hope receiving your guidance in my life in the name of your son Jesus I pray Amen